Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. Today in studio, we have the fabulous Via Williams. If you're in the real estate space, you've probably heard her name recently. She's on fire. This girl is on fire. Seriously. <laughs> and she's on fire talking about something most of us shy away from talking about. But you're going to have to wait to hear what that is. So as it always goes, I love to read the bio from Twitter. So here are all of the words that are attached to Via on her Twitter account. Real estate, broker, Seattle. KW, realtor, speaker, real estate coach, real estate trainer, the Via Group, mom, health, and coffee. Woo! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> welcome, 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 Via. <laughs> Thank you. That is me. You just nailed it. That is you. I long ago realized that reading people's Twitter bios is the easiest way to get to what is super duper important to them. <laughs> I love that. However, I would say nowadays for me, it's Instagram. I think I'm on Instagram more than any social media platform at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same. The 140 characters, tiny yeah, space, I big words. I love it. I love it. Maybe I'll have to integrate using the Instagram uh, profile as well. I tend to use Twitter to direct traffic and Instagram to tell the story. So I'm right there oh, with you. I like that. So you are a real estate broker mm -hmm. in Seattle, Washington. I am. And you're with Keller Williams. I whoop, am. Whoop. Go Ooh. red. Yeah. Your company has so stepped it up with everything happening in Houston, of course. Amazing. KW Cares. Well, we're based in Austin, Texas. And so, you know, when this happens in Texas, we have so far as of now, we have 300 Keller Williams families with destroyed houses and then thousands of other affected in other ways and, and an entire market area that's about to lose the real estate industry for an unspecified period of time, which is just financially devastating. So it's, it's a big deal and it's right in our, the backyard of our corporate, you know, it, we're really, we have a big presence there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've only been to Houston once and well, Texas in general, I mean, what they say is true. It, it's warm. The weather's warm and the people are warm. You yeah, know, it's, it is a, it's a very interesting country unto itself, I'd say. And I, yeah. I've just really loved seeing the, not only the real estate companies, but even the celebrities all kind of stepping up and stepping into the, the mess. Mm -hmm. Just so awesome. There's always, you know, these disasters are so horrible and it's also so moving to see how people come together at the same time. Yeah. I, I think that, it's, you know, it's been such a heavy year, a yeah. couple of years for so many people just in general. I think there's just been, you know, that we've all been learning a lot of lessons to help propel us into this next season. And, you know, we do, we're doing life with people and just about everybody in my world, including you, has gone through some serious trials. For sure. And, you know, I, I was talking with Valerie Torelli this morning, and she is down at Costa Mesa, and she has also had so many, like, tumultuous things happening. But I think the beauty of what real estate prepares you to do, and being a business owner in general, is to take care of the shiz when it hits the fan. That's right. And I have just loved seeing you 
walk so gracefully through everything. Even when you didn't think you were being graceful, you were, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. That is the ultimate compliment. I did not feel graceful from this, this end, this vantage point. <laughs> well, you, you definitely were. So before we dig into some of the, the deeper stuff, I would love to do a couple of the rapid fire questions up front. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So what does success mean to Via? Oh, success is when my people are successful. And so they hit their goals, they exceed their goals. And, and when they become successful, that's success to me. Easy. Oh, love Easy it. The answer. Love that, love that. Three words that describe you. Focused, intense, and growth-minded. Well, is growth-minded one or two words? Of course, the overachiever picks a two-worded answer. Yeah. That's my answer. Focus, <laughs> intense, and growth-minded. <laughs> I, I love all three of those words. They are so awesome. I know that we're going to be weaving those in a little bit later. Okay, so let's dig into <clears throat> your favorite mistake. A little background before you dive in. So for everybody who wasn't at Inman Connect in San Francisco this year in 2017, Via shared, she opened her kimono, as Kelly Mitchell says, <laughs> and shared her, her now famous, or is it infamous, failure. And so this favorite mistake is all about this epic experience. So take it away. Yeah. And, and it's funny about opening your kimono because um, I honestly felt like I was undressing on that stage. So that's a really good analogy. That's why I laugh so hard. My favorite mistake is um, losing almost my entire team and losing my, uh, certainly my entire listing inventory in the span of eight months. So going, with, going through an 85% team turnover in, in an eight month period is my, my favorite mistake. It's hard to say the word favorite as an adjective still. I don't think I'm at a point where I'm enjoying saying the word favorite yet. Yeah. You know, I'm you, getting and there. I, you and I had lots of conversations when that was happening mm -hmm. and, and kind of pre-conversations. We actually went to a fashion show with your team. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. We, I it was, about it. Now I remember. Yeah, it. yeah. It was with um, I can't remember the name of the organization, but it's so funny. I just was quoting the woman who was talking about how we all want to be seen, heard, and loved every day. The woman who was part of that organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who were zero to five, and um, so I was. It's so funny that we're talking today because I was recalling just that huge projection that Chapman had put on. Mm -hmm. And I remember your energy was off. I remember that you were kind of queen bee in it. You could, I could feel you, you were like kind of stepping into a confidence mentality there. Mm -hmm. And I think about a week after that, maybe two weeks was the first time we started kind of just having, um, we connecting more. And mm -hmm. then in August is when mm -hmm. it started. Kaboom. Yeah. So what did that look like? So you walk into the office and what happens? Yeah. So what it looked like is I went to Inman last year in 2016 and um, I had, uh, let me go back. What it really looked like is, is prior to that in May, I had hired, finally hired a listing specialist. And on, for those of, of you listening who, who don't necessarily understand the, um, 
the organizational structure, if you will, of a real estate team, the listing specialist is the principal salesperson. It, it's sort of like the engine that drives the real estate car. It's the, the agent that, that converts and procures listings for the team. And it's the last and most difficult position to uh, hire for on, on the team. Typically, the founder is the listing specialist sometimes for the entire career of the team. Um, certainly, it's the last position to, to, to sort of, it's the replacement of the founder. It's that moment when the founder can kind of move in and step into other roles. So it's a pivotal position. And I'd filled that position in May. And, and it, I, I filled it in May. And had a very busy summer, and I went to Inman last year in August and went straight from Inman to a family trip and went to a Keller Williams event. And over the course of that two weeks, my listing specialist uh, checked out, disengaged, wasn't returning texts, wasn't returning calls. My, my director of operations who was here was, was, was you know, involved in this, trying to get a hold of her. And I had had a few conversations with her, but we knew something was going on. You know, in retrospect, I probably should have flown home early, and I didn't. And when I got home after being gone for two weeks, we had a pre-scheduled meeting at 8.30 that Monday morning, and uh, she quit within a minute of us meeting, uh, which I expected at that point. What I didn't expect was when she slapped down listing cancellations of every single listing we had, totaling $10 million in listing inventory that had been signed by every single seller that we had. And uh, that created a, it just started a tidal wave. We had four agents leave. Uh, I let another one go. So we had five agents exodus in the next two months after that. A few months later, my director of operations, who had really been my, my lieutenant at arms running my whole team, growing my whole team with me, she quit four months to the day of the listing specialist leaving. And then over the next few months, I lost pretty much most of the remaining people from that original group. And we went from a team of 17 down to about eight. Wow. Wow. I mean, whether you've run a team or not, whether you've had a business or not, just listening to, listening to that and kind of seeing it in your mind's eye, it's, it feels so heavy and devastating. It was devastating. And yeah, I, I'm, I can't imagine. I mean, and, and the reality is, is that when you are, when you are the leader of a team like that and, and in real estate, especially, I feel like there's a real family feel and mm -hmm. KW is, I mean, for heaven's sakes, they mm -hmm. call it family reunion. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the whole culture really is yeah. like love each other, you know, as, as you want to be loved and golden rule and, and even, you know, a, a biblical kind of feeling that's woven into it, you know, of, of faith and connection and trust and respect. And I mean, it's so beautiful. Right. And so it's like losing, losing family, losing, you know, getting divorced. Yeah, these things that, that you just you don't plan for. So what do you what do you attribute to that? Mm -hmm. So wh why 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 did this happen? Yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll share with you. I'll answer that with a couple things I said at Inman, and then I'll, I'll I'll add to it what you know. I only had fifteen minutes on the stage in Inman, then I can add to it what I didn't get to say. And so you know. What happened now a year down down the pike, you know, we, we the gift of perspective. 
what I know now is, is that I had been in, in a relentless growth mode for really two and a half straight years. I have three young children, you know, and a great husband. And, and in retrospect, I, I hired someone and replaced myself and was probably really burned out without being aware of it. And I mentally and physically checked out. I scheduled six weeks of travel last summer. And um, if I'm being honest, when I, when I was here, I wasn't engaged. And, and you know, and, and that, that is 100% on me. I, I, A, should have been aware of the fact that I, I probably, you know, needed a break and should have built in more, more breaks throughout that process. And, and B, you know, you can't just hire a pivotal position and abandon them and expect them to kind of figure it out and then get surprised when, when they leave, right? And, and so I think what I inadvertently did, and it was very inadvertent, you know, is that the, the captain of the ship abandoned ship. If you would have, if you noticed my energy being off last summer and, you know, if you would have told me that, I, I don't think I was in a place to be aware of it. I just wasn't, I wasn't aware of it. I, you know, looking back, it, it, it seems so obvious. I mean, it's, it's so easy to look back and go, oh my gosh, like, you know, you dummy, how did you not see that? But I, I didn't. And, you know, and so um, I, I don't think I was a good leader to anybody at that point. I, I don't think I was, I was probably, uh, I was a great wife and mother last summer. And I, I think I needed to, um, I should have in retrospect found a way to, um, you know, reconnect with the, my family again and, you know, and be that person. This is what I didn't get to say at Inman, you know, and, and, and do that in a way that, that wouldn't blow my entire business apart. With that said, <laughs> the best thing, it's still my favorite mistake. It is the best thing that ever happened to me. None of those people were the right people, Deborah. And, and I, I, I cannot, I cannot express, you know, more that, you don't disengage from people you don't love. I couldn't possibly disengage. A, a year later, let's fa flash forward to today because the story has a happy ending, thank goodness. You know, I couldn't disengage from the group I have now. I just love them too much. And, and it, you know, it really taught me, for me, people listening might be different. I have to work with people I genuinely love and respect. So I didn't have the right people in place for me. It doesn't mean that they weren't great people. They weren't, my, they weren't the right ones for me. And, um, and the fact that it blew apart the way it did, I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. And, and it's a blessing that every single one of them left. And I don't say that in a malicious way at all. I, I think they would say the same thing. Most of them have gone on to have really great careers, you know, and, and many of them, I take pride in the fact that I trained about to train them up to be superb real estate agents and, and they're crushing it and I'm happy for them. And, and, and most of it's very amicable, you know, right. We do right. transactions together in the marketplace. So, you know, so it's not a, I mean, it, it was a horrible experience, but the outcome, uh, the outcome was not only great, I, I would argue it was needed. Yeah. I think that's, there's, there's so much goodness in there via. And I think from, not just from a business owner perspective, but from a human perspective, right? I think that when, you know, riding the wave of being on a stage and talking about how great you are and this is what's mm -hmm. happening. And, and I think that, that whether we experience it in the moment or, or something happens on the other side, when, when we need to be corrected, it, 
God takes care of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, and, and but sometimes it's not that we're doing the wrong thing. It's that we're doing it with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and I think that, you know, this has happened in, in my business too, with, with clients I've said yes to. And it's like, I know I should have said no mm-hmm. because of what they wanted to hire me for, or yeah, but they, you know, all those things. And I think that every single one of those lessons brought me to where I am today. And it's, you know, that you, the fact that you not only survived your testimony, mm-hmm. but you're thriving through it is, is, is huge. And, and I love that you're sharing the story because you and I actually talked about this last year, mm-hmm. which is so many people love to talk about, Oh, I'm, I'm new and I'm starting and everyone loved me because I'm new or, Oh, I finally, I'm victorious I'm on the other side of this negative thing, but nobody wants to talk about it in the middle, the messy middle. And, and that's, you know, most people don't get through this period. Yeah. So this is a period that, um, that most people in any business, this isn't a real estate story. I, I think it's a, I think it's a cautionary tale for any business owner. And um, it's certainly, certainly what, what any service-based business, you know, the thing about real estate, if you're running a brokerage or, or a team, and they're really not that different, is that our assets are people. Our assets are not widgets, right? I don't, I'm not selling face cream. I mean, I, you know, my assets are my, my agents and, and my employees. And so, you know, any, any Salesforce-driven business or, or service-related business like that um, will 100% will undergo a similar thing to what I went through. It may not be as dramatic as an 85% team, team turnover, but a hundred percent of all business owners will undergo core people leaving them at some point. I just was reading, um, the other day about how Rent the Runway, which is one of the biggest uh, internet startups in the last few years, lost almost their entire C-suite. Three of her C-suite walked out last year and got bad press and, you know, and she, she had to go through a complete rebuilding. And I just listened to her talk about what that rebuilding looked like. And, you know, I, I'm not alone here. I, I mean, I just spoke with Gary Keller yesterday who reminded me of the birth and how Keller Williams started, which is when his, almost his entire office walked out on him and left. Yeah. And, you know, he said, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have built this empire. Yeah, it's I would. It's so funny. I know you and I are a total podcast fiends. Yeah, um, I was. I was listening to this really interesting podcast a couple of months ago, and it was talking about how if there were no forest fires, there would be no truffles. And oh uh, wow, I love <laughs> that. I didn't know use that. And it was it, it was one of those things that you just you know we we all we want to put the fires out, but we forget that there is so much beauty on the other side. It just doesn't look the same. Mm-hmm. Like the forest never looks exactly the same, mm-hmm. but it, it does come back. It does, it ha- goes through a rebirth. And I think that if we can all look at those failures as just a step, like I, when I fail, I'm like, yes, at least I'm trying hard enough to do something that isn't easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if I haven't had a failure in a while, I'm like, okay, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why, why aren't you, why aren't you stepping out? And I, I think it's just about train, retraining our brain to seek the failure, mm-hmm. seek the lessons that are in there. And I love that you're, you've shared your story. Thank you for sharing it here, but that you're, you're sharing it wherever you can so that people know that they don't have to be embarrassed by it. 
that yeah. the vulnerability of going through that is, is beautiful. And well, you know, I, I thank you. And I, I talked about it on stage a little bit that I, I, I've been trying to think about, because I think that one of the biggest things is I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback from, from that. One of the most common things that people have said to me is, wow, I really appreciate your vulnerability. And, and I've been thinking a lot about, you know, why don't people talk about failure more in public? And, and I think it's because ultimately they feel like they're going to be viewed as a failure if they talk about failure. And I've never looked at it that way ever. I, I've never, I've never, I haven't really feared failure too much. And um, that's probably my superpower actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, that's I good about it. Yeah. I yeah. Was just, well, that, that is, I mean, when you talk about the ability to ignore everything and everyone else and, and just focus yeah. in on it, I think that, that that is, you know, you, you're focusing on your goal. So that's, that's an awesome superpower. Awesome. <laughs> you know, I think one of the interesting things with the whole conversation around failure and vulnerability and Brene Brown has really brought vulnerability to the front and shame, right? Mm -hmm. Those conversations around um, what we fear people thinking of us mm -hmm. really doesn't matter. And what they can, think of me is none of my business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really, and I think there's, you know, we, we're, as we get older, there is this beauty that comes with not caring. However, I think for our generation, especially the, the Gen Xers, we have this, we're pulled, like we want to stay, we want to stay connected and relevant. You know, we don't want to get left behind with new technology and things that are happening. But we also are ready for that next level of enlightenment, if you will. Mm -hmm. And and social media has has kind of put a damper on that, I think, for a lot of people. Whereas mm -hmm. normally we wouldn't be thinking about what everyone else is doing. We we can't avoid it if we go online. And and so learning how to how to protect ourselves, how to build a a beautiful filter that allows us to still stay connected but also stay focused mm -hmm. is an art form. I think that, that we don't, we don't give enough attention to mm -hmm. and, and give enough kudos to the people who can actually, you know, step away and not, not have FOMO. Um, I, yeah, I, I agreed on all counts. Yeah. I did a, I did a talk for uh, the Arizona association earlier this year. And I talked about um, JOMO, the joy of missing out. Right. Like oh, how, that's great. Is that a thing? Is that a hashtag? Joma? That, it, it is. It's not as big oh. as FOMO, of course. Because uh, the because the negative people love the negative. There's something that like right. people, right? And, and and I'm always looking for the words that will attract the positive folks to me. The fo folks who want to focus on that side. And so Jomo is so beautiful. And so instead of looking at what you can get rid of in a negative way, it's like how can you create margin? Mm. Right. How can you create more margin mm -hmm. for those delicious activities you cannot wait to do, mm -hmm. which leads beautifully into tell us what your soul tank activities are. What, what keeps Via on fire? Exercise. I, I, and, and, and it's a cool story because part of um, this failure um, is what contributed to that. I, I, so I lost 70 pounds from 
August 2015 to August 2016. It was a little faster than that, but, and I did it all with diet and I had really, I've been really unhealthy my entire adult life. And so I really hadn't worked out in 20 plus years. And, um, I did a diet plan that actually I couldn't, I couldn't exercise. It wasn't allowed to on the diet plan. So I always, I went into that knowing that my transition was going to be exercise, that how I was going to enter into maintenance phase after losing that much weight, I had to have a plan was going to be exercise. So sure enough, last July, I was on vacation because I was on a lot of vacations last summer. That's the problem. And I went to <laughs> in class. I went to an indoor cycling class and I just fell in love with it. It was like a love hate because it was so hard. I wanted to throw up, but I secretly loved it. So I came back and I started going uh, flywheel in Seattle. And when this all went down in August, I actually had some gym clothes in my car. And that night I, I left the office and I was like, I need to work out. And I remember I'd hardly worked out my entire adult life. I mean like 20 something years. And I, I went to spin class that night and, and I certainly did not. I mean, I cried on that bike. I mean, it was, it was a really tough day. I went every single day that week, no matter what shiz was hitting the fan. And let me tell you, there was like a three week period where like every day it was like deals were blowing. It was just this, the Armageddon of like my, my professional life. It was just a horrible time. I, I went to spin class five days a week and, and it just became this mechanism. It became stress relief, anxiety relief. It, it gave me stamina to get through what I had to every day between decision energy and full on engagement and, and putting out fires and, and all the stuff I had to do. And then, um, and then I start, I really started going consistently. And then I added bar in, in uh, January. So I now work out five to six days a week. I go to a boot camp. I mean, I am an exercise fanatic. And, and I, the only reason I give that background is that it is not something that's ever come naturally to me. Like I'm not this person that's done it forever naturally at, I started this at age 46, like I'm 47 now and it's, you know, and I'm telling you my number one soul tank activities exercise and I've only done it a year. So, I mean, you know, you can start anytime. You know, I think what I love about that is if you, so you're basically your trans, your transformation mm -hmm. started in 2015. Yeah, it did. And, and you know, there's, there's some things that happen not only inside us, but to the people around us when we lose weight. For sure. Mm -hmm. And, and I have thought a lot about it. I, none of this is coincidental. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more and losing that much weight. Any, anyone who's listening, who's lost a lot of weight. It is an, it is an internal spiritual transformation that happens. It is much more than a physical thing. Yeah. Well, and I remember, I remember the first time I saw you in person. I mean, I watched it. I watched your little, um, those little stones, the little beads yeah, that you're yeah. I loved that. Like yeah, the, on the, right. in the jars, like this is a pound. This represents, yes. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. But then when I saw you and you had on this really saucy, like soft pink leather <laughs> jacket, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. <laughs> But we did, we had a quick chat about how, like, there are some people who, who will, who left your life because you lost the weight and mm -hmm. it makes people feel mm -hmm. badly about themselves mm -hmm. because, yeah. you know, they're not. And exercise is the second thing on that list, right? So somebody mm -hmm. losing weight, but then somebody being an aggressive exerciser that wasn't yeah. before. It's like, I'm thinking 
in a past life, you might have, or two, three years ago, you might have gone home and said, "Let's go out to Mexican food," and you know, completely on margaritas. Right, and, right. And well, that, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah, um, it's definitely not as healthy as <laughs> going to spend right. that. And I think that there's a inside, whether it's Soul Cycle or Flywheel, or there is, it's like a, a church of sorts. It is for sure. And, and I love, I love that. And I, yeah. it, it hasn't bitten me yet. I, I have still not gone to, to try not. Um, it might, it may or may not, but I am so proud of you for everything that you have accomplished and everything that you've shared and everything that you've done. It's Thank just, you. it's so, it's inspiring and Thank it's you. inspiring on so many levels, physical, mental, financial, you know, business. It's just, it's so, it's so beautiful. I Thank love you. it so much. Oh, you're so welcome. So tell us what a, a perfect day is like. Mm. Coffee, coffee, coffee. It starts with like coffee. <laughs> and then, um, and then, you know, it would be a leisurely morning with great food involved. And then it would have some kind of awesome physical activity with my family. And then it would end with a fabulous meal somewhere at night with friends and family. I don't know. Very big. I, I love it. I love it. I love food, exercise, friends, family, coffee, wine, wine at dinner. <laughs> so do you have a favorite coffee? I mean, I, you know, I, I have a million, I like, you know, for the chains, I like Pete's. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like cafe Darte. I think that's really good. I like super dark roast. And now because I'm, uh, Oh, I'm, I hesitate saying this cause I don't always eat well, but I work with a nutritionist. So now I'm into almond milk and uh, soy milk. I, I don't eat as much dairy. So now I'm more prone to put soy or almond milk in there. And I, in the mornings I have, I put MCT oil in my coffee as well. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have a little bit of a cocktail in the morning of MCT oil, almond milk and dark, dark roast coffee, whatever brand we have on. Yeah. Yeah. Those, the, the power coffee is, we, we did that for a while. We did kind of a, we definitely, I love the MCT oil. There's, it's, there's just a delicious flavor to that, right? I don't really taste it, but it helps me. Uh, it does help me stay full. It helps me stay full and it helps me, um, uh, when I don't have MCT oil, I can tell. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. What is your favorite daily practice? What do you do on a daily, ba daily basis that you, yeah. Probably um, one of the favorite things I do, and I don't, you know, I hesitate. I'm not plugging. I don't own stock in this company. So here, you know, but I love my five minute journal. It's just an app. And um, so it's one of the favorite things I do. I have my coffee in the morning. My husband brings it to me and my number one love language is acts of service. So like that makes me happy right there. <laughs> My me cup too. is filled, literally me and figuratively. Get it? See what I did there? Um, so, <laughs> I know. Um, so, and then I fill out. So, the five-minute journal is basically um, what three things I start every day. What three things am I grateful for? And then, what three things, um, if I accomplish today, it'll be a really successful day. So I love that because every morning I, I just, what are my top three items? And all throughout the day, I'm thinking about those items and then, and then an affirmation. And then at the end of the day, and I often do this the next morning, by the way, um, it's what three things did I do today that made it successful? So there's no negatives in it. It's all just, you know, about affirmations and um, focus. I, I love my five minute journal. It's one of my favorite things. I love that. I'm, I'm, 
big into that as well. I love to, I do, a, I have a gratitude jar this year. I tried to do something a little different. Yeah. I <laughs> remember I'm, you talking about that. Yeah. I'm really loving that because it's, yeah. it's fun. It's just, it's a super fast way to just recap the one big thing that, you know, the one big thing. Hmm. Um, hmm. The, <laughs> weird, weird. <laughs> the, that, that moment during the day. And sometimes yeah. I have to dig. Yeah. It's, it's funny how sometimes, isn't it funny? You could have 10 one day and then the next day you're like, I'm happy for my coffee again. I'm happy for oxygen. I know. <laughs> like it could be. Okay. So to, to kind of wrap this up, I'd love to ask you, what is, what is one thing you really want the fire up community to know? Like what is something that you would just love to speak into and pour over them? I think that, um, that's a great question. Okay. I think what I would want is to specifically this community to know is that, um, you know, there are women business owners out there who are focused, driven and relentless, you know, just like the men. And, you know, I'm not a warm and fuzzy person. I'm not, um, uh, overly nurturing, you know, and I'm out there crushing it and building a massive business and, um, and, and absolutely own it and, and know who I am and, and, you know, uh, love being, being that, that powerful, forceful person. I've never, ever felt like I had to fit into some female slot, you know, what a female expectation of what thought of me. My husband, um, manages the household and runs the day-to-day -day lives of the kids. We have a fantastic marriage. We have a fantastic, we have three fantastic kids. And, you know, I've never, ever felt like I had to conform to, you know, this traditional definition of roles. So I guess that's the message. If I had to say anything to this group of women, that's what I would say. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. And I, I think that it, we can never hear too often that there is no everyone, every, every size fits all, right? Mm -hmm. One size doesn't, it doesn't have to permeate our business lives either. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that it's such a beautiful, a beautiful reminder that we all have different attributes. And mm -hmm. when we find, when we find the right partner, mm -hmm. it really does make a difference. And that per partner doesn't have to be our husbands. In our cases, it is. You know, it's Absolutely kind of like right. here. Andrew spends more time cooking and doing mm -hmm. stuff in the kitchen than I do. Not that yeah. I don't like it. It's just he, he does and it takes it off my plate. And yeah. I'm like you, I'm an acts of service. That's my number one. Yeah, me too. And, and so it's, you know, when, when you can actually have conversations with the people in your world that let, and let them know that, I think that's where, where, when success starts to flow because yeah. it is your own definition of it. Yeah. I, I have friends that are stay at home moms and homeschool and I love that. I'm so happy. And, and yet for this, you know, you asked about this, for this community who are based, you know, working women, you know, for the most part, uh, authors, speakers, you know, business owners uh, and whatnot, you know, that's why I chose that message. I, I just, you know, we all relate to that at a certain level, I think. Absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining thank you for today. having me. What yes. an honor. I'm so, I'm so excited for people to hear this, this message. I'm so Aww. excited for them to get to know you and to hear more from you. So if there was a place for them to get connected to you, where is that? You know, Facebook and Instagram or my website, viacentral.com is our website. 
uh, Facebook, uh, we're via team. So it's facebook.com slash via team. And then Instagram, I'm via via Instagram and Twitter. I'm via via, which is V I A V I J A. All of those places, you know, I'm, I'm easy to find not a lot of vias. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And we always, of course, on, on the blog, we'll make sure we've got all those, those areas linked so they can get connected to you right away and watch the fabulous life of via via Twitter, via, via Instagram (laughs) and all of the above. I'm very active on Instagram. There's, there's, there, I do a lot of stories too. I know you, you are really good with that. You are really good with that. So if you want to be entertained, follow via. (laughs) Alrighty. I, I really appreciate you joining and I look forward to the conversations that are going to be sparked because of this interview. Thank you. Bye.